Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching uh, crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer of the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone who found him should attack him. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading this morning is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your height, hearts, and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Today's reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Now they were bringing even infants to him that they might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you. From God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. It is truly a pleasure to be back here with you again this morning. 
on this 20th Sunday after Pentecost or the observance of Reformation Day. What a blessing that is for you to be here. What a blessing it is for me to be here. I pray God's blessing upon our worship here today. I invite you to listen once again to the epistle lesson from Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Our text for today. Would you please pray with me? Gracious and merciful Heavenly Father, what a joy, what a privilege it is to gather here in your presence to sing our praises to you and to hear your words to us. Lord, we live in a time where we worry and and about today, about tomorrow and what's to come. Help us, Lord, to find peace in you. Open up our hearts to hear this word to us today. To that end, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You've not been feeling so well, so you decide you're going to go to the doctor. The doctor decides he's going to run some tests. A few days later, you go back to your doctor and he says some words to you that you did not want to hear. You've got cancer. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You received a telephone call. You've been asked to meet the principal in his office in one hour. Your child is in trouble again. Rejoice always. Rejoice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. The house payment is due. The car payment is due. Gas and electric need to be paid as as well as the cable and the phone bill. But you look in your checkbook and there's not enough to cover all of that. Rejoice always. Rejoice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. There are 59 more days before Christmas. You find out that the kids are coming home for Christmas. There's still a lot that needs to be done in the house. You don't know where they're all going to sleep. You don't know what you're going to feed them because you know everybody eats healthy these days. And on top of all of this, you've not even begun your Christmas shopping. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This little song is one that was used oftentimes in chapel, and I believe we may have sung it a time or two in camp. They are the words of St. Paul in today's epistle lesson from Philippians chapter 4. Now, it's easy for us to rejoice when things are going good, when we feel like we're on top of the world. Now, it's completely another thing to say those words when times are tough 
when life doesn't seem to be going so well. As you hear those words this morning, you might think to yourself, well, Paul, that's easy for you to say. You do not know my circumstance. How can I rejoice? Think about it. Do you think it was really easy for Paul to say rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I say rejoice. I think not. All we have to do is take a look at Paul's life. He is, doesn't say, he doesn't write, he doesn't sing the words at a time when there is no stress or problems. He has many things about which he is anxious about. At the time of this writing, Paul is sitting in a dank, dark prison cell waiting for his trial to take place. If the trial doesn't go well, it could very well mean the life of the apostle. Things aren't going so great for him. Dealing with the stresses and the struggles of prison, on top of this, he has some great concerns about some of the congregations that he has founded. Churches in Corinth, Thessalonica, and Ephesus. Rejoice always. And on top of all of this, he is hearing that there's problems in the church at Philippi, the church which is receiving this letter. He's hearing that there are some false teachings going on in this place. The point of all of this, Paul is not writing these words when everything is going so well. He isn't writing after having some mountaintop experience. Those mountaintop experiences are pretty awesome. I've had them, and I'm sure you've had them too. When you have those mountaintop experiences, you feel like you're on top of the world. Everything is going well. Well, Paul's not writing this. He hasn't had a mountaintop experience. Rather, his life is full of challenges. However, despite all of this, Paul was still able to say, Rejoice in the Lord always. In the sixth verse of this text for today, Paul tells us, Do not be anxious about anything. As humans, that's hard for us to do because we worry about everything. Worry seems to be a natural, normal thing in life. We worry about things that will never happen. We worry about what someone might say, what someone might do. We tend to worry about those chain of events that happen in our lives or those scenarios that might never come. Imagine for a moment you've got a child in school. All right, consider this story of your high school student. If he or she doesn't get good grades, they may not get into the college of their choice. If they don't get into the college of their choice, they may not get the kind of job that they hope to get. If they don't get a job, they won't be able to provide for themselves. And if the high school school student doesn't get into college, there's a chance, a slim chance, he may not find that very special someone, someone to share their life with. If he never meets that someone special, then he'll never have a family. You won't have any grandkids. He will be all alone, and he may be living with you. 
Our worrying can spin us all out of control. We can worry about those things which will never happen. Or we can worry about those things that happened in the past. Maybe I said something in the past to someone, and I don't know how they took it. Maybe I did something in the past, and I don't know how well that was accepted. Sometimes, maybe we didn't say the right thing to a person, and we feel upset about that. Words such as kind of, would have, should have fit in here. I should have done this. I could have done this. Why didn't I do this? So we can worry about the things that are in the past, and we can also worry about those things of which we have no control. Things like hurricanes in the South, the 2020 elections, unrest in the Middle East and in other parts of the world. We have no control over these things. Little of what we worry about seems to be legitimate. A large part of what we worry about makes no sense. It doesn't help the situation. It doesn't change the future, nor does it change the past. It's kind of like a rocking chair. You sit in a rocking chair, you go back and forth, but you end up going nowhere. We need to hear Paul's song about worry often, don't we? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Paul calls us to find joy in our lives. He asks two important questions, or we can come up with two very important questions from this. Where do we ultimately find our joy and what affects it? Now, it's easy for us to find joy perhaps in hobbies. Perhaps we like to read. Perhaps you are a woman who likes to do quilting or sewing. Maybe it's following your favorite team, the Cards or the Cubs or the Blues. Maybe you find your joy there. We can have our joy uh, following a person. Maybe there's a particular person that you go to when you are in trouble. It's these people, these things in which we can find joy. It is in things. It is in people like these that get us into trouble. And we find our ultimate fulfillment in this joy. And sometimes, honestly speaking, it seems like we don't have joy in the Lord when we put our joy in these other things. And if that's not enough, our lives also teach us about the real nature of joy and how it affects us. I've got another story for you. Consider this story. You had a wonderful weekend. You got to spend the weekend with your grandkids, and you all know how great that is. I love spending time with my grandkids. When I come back from a vacation, or if you've had them for the weekend, you have great joy, and that joy follows you for some time. You go to work the next day with this joy still in your heart that you got to spend time with your grandkids, but your joy takes a turn for the worse. When you go out for lunch, you find that the back end or fender of your car has been damaged and you haven't even made a first payment on that car. You're fuming. You're angry. You are devastated. So you grumpily, if that's a word, you grumpily go back into the office, upset, mad. You find out that afternoon that you are receiving a great bonus. 
That sadness, again, goes to joy, and that the joy follows on your face from ear to ear all the way home until you get home and you find out that the heater, the one that has been running on borrowed time for some time, has gone out, and the temperature is to drop. So you can see how our joy in our lives can be a roller coaster. We have our ups, we have our downs. Our happiness can depend on the circumstances in our lives. Our joy may not be long-lasting. We have some great things happen to us, and they tend to dis- disappear when something tragic comes into our lives. Rejoice in the Lord always. Can we really do that. Paul says that it is easy for us. It is easy for us to rejoice in the Lord because we have the God that we have. Now notice that little preposition within that phrase, rejoice in the Lord. When we rejoice in the Lord, when we know what he has done for us, that gives us true heart, true joy in our hearts. Our Lord is the one with whom we can find joy in, and we can always have joy in him. We can have joy in the one who loved us so much that he went to the cross to suffer and die for us. We can have joy in the one who guides us, cares for us, loves us, protects us every day of our lives. We can have joy in the one who watches over us, the one who is with us in good times and in bad. And we can have joy in the one in our Savior who gives us everything through baptism and his supper. Those gifts that we receive, new life, salvation, mercy, and grace. Because of these things, we can always rejoice in the Lord. And we can have a true and a lasting joy in him, even when things are not going so well. Rejoice in the Lord always. Our joy can be in the Lord, and we truly can rejoice in him whatever the circumstance may be. Paul finishes up his lesson today with a blessing from which I close my sermons. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a peace that comes from God. God, It's a peace brought about by him as a consequence of salvation. There is no dividing wall between God and us. We are made right with him through the sacrifice of his sons on the cross. This is a special peace. What the human mind, reason, and understanding cannot do, the peace of God has done for us. Keeps our hearts in check, watches over our minds, guards us against sinful thoughts. Rejoice in the Lord always. Today, as I said, this is the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, but we also observe the Reformation of the church. The third stanza of that great Reformation hymn, which was the first hymn for today, the third stanza goes like this. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us. We tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done.
one little word can fail him. As you leave this service today, and as you go out those doors today, back into the world, you go out into the world where devils seek to devour you. You will be heading out into the world where you will have problems. You will encounter worries. We have peace, though, with God. I hope that when you experience these things, you might remember that little song that I sang at the beginning, Rejoice in the Lord Always. I hope you remember these, this song from St. Paul. Again, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. While it can be a difficult thing to hear, we can always rejoice in a God that is as awesome as our God is. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, may I keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ our Lord. Amen.